are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday hump day edition of Locked On Pelicans. We were going to do a big board for the draft coming up next month, and then we got some news dropped on us in the NBA, in the Pelicans coaching search, so we're going to break that down Jacques Vaughn removing his name from consideration for this is it just mean he's not interested in the job does he actually want to spend more time with his family or does it mean there's other things going on with the Pelicans and maybe they have a higher in progress and then who is the most likely guy that should step into this job given what we know so far then we are still going to have some fun with the Portland Trailblazers and trades just not Damian Lillard today instead CJ McCollum and what could a deal like that look like for New Orleans and would that make a lot of sense so let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans here on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. But before we get to all of that, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app. Join me today, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action and the conversation over with the Spotify Greenroom. So the news that came out yesterday that was kind of the big news here was Woj tweeting out that Jacques Vaughn is removing his name from consideration for all available head coaching jobs. One, is he was he linked to any other jobs? Or was it just the Pelicans? I didn't see his name really coming up in anything else. The Orlando Magic have an opening. They weren't going to rehire him. It's really just been here in New Orleans as a guy that they seem to have really liked, but doesn't seem like he was in consideration for very many other jobs. I, I think this is somewhat of a deliberate approach. So he's removed his name from consideration. He's going to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. He wants to spend more time with his family. Maybe doesn't want to relocate them. What have you. This is, there's a couple of ways that you could read this. One, it's either that this job here in New Orleans is that unappealing. And if that's the case, that's a really bad look. It's not what you want. I've said, and you guys have heard me say, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, or you've just started watching me here on YouTube, I don't think things are going great for the team right now in terms of national perception. I don't think they're doing the best job in the first place. David Griffin has used all of his goodwill, all of his benefit of the doubt up so far. And so if a head coach willingly removes their name from consideration, it's kind of a shot at the organization to a certain degree. I did this once for a job in New Orleans where, you know, they they actually offered it to me and I was just like, you know what? No, I, I don't like this place because I, I kind of wanted to send, send a message actually more than anything else. It feels that way, right? Like it's almost insulting. There's only 30 of these and you don't want one. What's, what's that kind of say? So that's the surface level stuff. The other side of it is do the Pelicans have a hire already? Do they have someone in mind? And I'm not coming at this one with inside information as of now, like I did with the Stan Van Gundy news, where you guys heard me just flat out say I heard it ahead of time. I don't have something ahead of time, and people are being kind of cagey about this, and I can't really get a straight answer to a certain degree, which 
could read either way on this. But maybe this is Jacques Vaughn's way of kind of saving some face. The Pelicans have gone in a different direction. They've decided on someone else they're going to hire, or they've just decided it's not going to be Jacques Vaughn. And by withdrawing his name from consideration, well, he wasn't in the running for the job, so he didn't necessarily get passed over. It's somewhat equivalent to the whole, you can't fire me, I quit kind of thing, right? So it saves him some face, even though it's kind of see-through and you, you just kind of shrug and move on. We also saw this when the Pelicans were hiring David Griffin. Danny Ferry was thought to be the front runner, though. I, if you'd listened to the podcast back then, I told you he was never going to take that job. He wasn't for so many reasons, but I kept telling people that. Yet there were still stories out there that he was going to be the front runner. And one day it comes out that Danny Ferry is withdrawing his name from consideration for the Pelicans job. It was kind of always withdrawn. And then not 30 minutes later, they hired David Griffin. It wasn't really to save Danny Ferry's face. It was just to kind of make everything look a little bit better here, that the Pelicans, you know, didn't get turned down by Danny Ferry, which is more or less what happened, but that was due to some family issues and things like that. So this could be in that same vein. I wanted to give it a little bit. We got no news about, you know, uh, Charles, Charles Lee, any other candidate coming out. Um, so I wonder if this is kind of that situation. Maybe the Pelicans are willing to wait a little bit and maybe there's a reason why they wouldn't necessarily name the head next head coach. You've got Charles Lee, who is the rumored other front runner for all of this, and he's coaching. He's going to be coaching tonight before I record this. Um, you know, for the Milwaukee Bucks. So let's get into Charles Lee next because now that Jacques Vaughn's name is removed, Charles Lee does go to the forefront. Yes, there may be other dark horse candidates that could step up in here and the Pelicans are doing a good job of being pretty quiet about this whole process. But let's look at Charles Lee a little bit more in depth now that we've seen the Bucks really start to gain a very good footing in their battle against the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals. But if there, do you want to say this? If there isn't, Another head coach lined up and ready to go, and it is Jock Vaughn just straight up removing his name. That's a bad look for New Orleans. Really does send a message if that's the case. But we'll get into Charles Lee coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Green Room. Spotify Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I host rooms for Locked on once a week, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central. That's today. So you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. I play clips in the show. That's been a lot of fun too. So that's a great way to make it onto the show that you listen to every single day. You have a chance to chat with me and other insiders who are just doing rooms and just have watch parties, react to breaking news, get great insight that you can't get anywhere else. I love it. It's basically sports talk radio on demand. You guys are listening or seeing me talk right now, but you don't really get to interact with me that much when it comes to the show. This is the way to do it. So join me in the room today, 6 p.m. Central in Spotify Green Room, formerly Locker Room, and we can talk about whatever it is with regards to the Pelicans that you want to talk about. What's your big board? You want to talk more about the coaching search? We can do all of that. So go download Green Room, the Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices and in beta on Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You can follow me. It's at Nola Jake to be notified when my room goes live. Again, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Central. We do these every single week. So download the Spotify Green Room app. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. So today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. 
Uh, the Clippers are back in this thing against the Suns, and as much as I like to make fun of Paul George, pandemic P, right? That's what he's been when he's not playoff P and not, you know, winning very, doing very well. He looks good now. He's doing everything in his completely changed the complexion of this series for the Clippers against the Phoenix Suns. The Suns falling apart to a, a little bit of a degree, I think, in that last game. Just not doing the things that they should be doing. They need to be running against this team and trying to race up and down the court. They're not doing things like that. And they're kind of falling for what the Clippers want them to do defensively. Um, the Clippers are switching a lot. And normally that can mean mismatches, but it doesn't because the Clippers have so much versatility. And it kind of plays into their hands when, uh, you know, a player can campaign, whether it's Chris Paul, think they have a mismatch and they don't actually, and try and go kind of hero ball and not manufacture good looks. It's been a bit of a problem. I'm going to be curious to see if they run and are just a little bit more disciplined and true to their system and coaching in game six, which Feels like whoever's going to win that is going to ultimately win the series. So anyway, back to the Pelicans coaching search. Jock Vaughn removing his name from consideration for all openings, but but really just the Pelicans, right? Now, I'd seen a lot of people saying, you know, if they wanted to hire him, they could have just done it by now. I think, I think you still want to go throughout the process, and I'm sure you want to meet with Charles Lee face-to-face if that's the case. But Charles Lee should be the front runner, I think. Again, doesn't mean he's going to get the job whatsoever. I think this is his to lose, but you never know. And again, the Pelicans are doing a very good job to a degree, of keeping all of this stuff quiet. But they do want to bring in a head coach sooner rather than later. You don't want this to drag out for two months like you did with hiring Stan Van Gundy, which just put him behind the eight ball on top of being a bad hire and led to them parting ways after, what, eight, nine months, which is never a good look. But Charles Lee has become really the front runner for this job. And I think it ended up being a good hire. This is a guy who's in his mid-30s, young, and has seemingly done a wonderful job in the stops that he's been at, particularly with the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo, and more importantly, Chris Middleton. And that's what I want to look at when we talk about him today. I've said it's it's really tough on the outside looking in to kind of judge assistant coaches. You can talk to people that know them around the league, but you're talking to their friends. They're going to say glowing things about them, right? Like everyone I've talked to about Charles Lee and uh, John Vaughn, I'll say really great things about him because they're friends with him. They're not going to say bad things about him. So it's the stuff you got to take with a bit of a grain of salt, I think. But you can judge them, you know, based on their record and the work they've done in previous stops. We did that with Jock Vaughn. Wasn't great as a head coach before. But with Charles Lee, you don't really have that. So what are you trying to evaluate? And I look at a game the other night between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. It was game four. Uh, sorry, game three, which the Bucks won two to one. That was, or sorry, um, game four was three. They they won and they're up three one. That's where we are with this. That I think was a really eye opening game for for me. And I think a lot of around, people around the league when it comes to Chris Middleton. We know he's really good, but he was the absolute closer for that team in that game. It wasn't Giannis. It was Middleton who put up thirty eight points, eleven rebounds, seven assists. Giannis also had thirty three points and eleven rebounds. And to see the rapport that those two players have kind of empowering one another. And Giannis said, you know, if if Middleton wants the ball late in the game, I'm going to get him the ball because I trust him to go out and score. And Middleton's a guy who was in the G League, was a second round pick, got traded from the Pistons to go to the Bucks kind of as a throw in and has really emerged. And he's earned a max contract. 
you hear a lot of people saying he'd be, you know, an all NBA guy or an all star if he was in a bigger market. And I agree with that to a certain extent. Um, but as the kind of the second fiddle there, he's perfect. He's at times 1B to Giannis's 1A. At times he's just, you know, B to Giannis's A or 2 to Giannis's 1, however you want to put it. That's a lot of the work that Charles Lee has done with a guy like that to kind of empower him, but also have him understand his role at the same time. You've heard Charles Lee work with Giannis a lot and is a big part of the reason why he's developed into the player that he is. But being able to kind of find a way for both of these guys to coexist, to both be the best versions of themselves, Charles Lee gets a lot of credit from that, I think, and for that. So... When you look at him potentially coming to New Orleans, might not be a head coach. He's been there in the Bucks, which is going to kind of shine anyone up, right? They're going to look a little bit better if you're coming from, you know, one of the best teams of the past four or five years. But he's done a lot of the work there to make the team the way they are. And when you have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, I mean, it's kind of a similar boat, right? Like, assuming you're not putting Ingram in a Damian Lillard trade, and look, I don't think there's going to be any trade for Damian Lillard this coming offseason, so you're keeping B.I. for the foreseeable future, let's say. You know, I think that's big to really try and maximize both of these guys and to make sure they both feel comfortable, you know, empowered and in control and playing to the best of their abilities in late-game situations. The Pelicans were terrible in the clutch this past year. Improving that... And they need to work on that really goes a long way towards kind of riding the ship, making sure they're a playoff team. And a guy like Lee, who's noted for his preparation and communication to players, being able to kind of work with them and how it works in late game situations and to point to the examples of Giannis and Middleton. I don't know. That's appealing to me as a head coach. I like that they come in ready to do it, knowing that they can step up, knowing how they need to do that. You don't see hero ball or anything like that from these guys. It's them kind of working together. And if Charles Lee brings that in, yeah, you should make him the front runner for this head coaching position. And I think that is something that the Pelicans really, really are looking at here and why he's getting a whole lot of consideration. I don't know if he's going to get the job, There might be dark horse candidates like David Vanterpool, who I absolutely loved last cycle. I love Wes Unseld Jr. I think he would be great, too. I think there's a lot of assistant coaches that you could hire. That I loved Ime Udoka, too. There's a lot of guys that you could hire, ladies you could hire, too, and Becky Hammond, who just got that whole situation in Portland and kind of almost being like a token candidate and almost used to kind of make a show of and how patronizing that was. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, I, I do think there's a lot of very qualified assistants who have good bodies of work for what they've done that could easily transition to the larger role here as head coach and still do a whole lot of that. Charles Lee is one of them. There's a reason why his name has gotten this far. And when you look at what Milwaukee is doing, also being in a small market too, you want to bring a lot of what he's done there to the New Orleans Pelicans. And certainly there's a reason why his name is right on in this. But no one's going to win unless the roster does change. And a name that the Pelicans could conceivably bring in is C.J. McCollum. So I want to look at what that could mean and what that would look like next. We've been focusing on Damian Lillard, but let's focus on C.J. a little bit here, too, because I do think that's maybe the more gettable 
of the guys that are out there. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is simply the best tasting protein bar ever. I eat one of these things every single day. They're just delicious. You're going to have no idea that you're eating something that's healthy for you. And trust me, they are healthy for you. These are protein bars that taste like a candy bar. They got nine delicious flavors in coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Uh, salted caramel is, is literally like a Milky Way bar, but there's something for everyone, and you're going to have no idea that you're eating something healthy for you. And they are 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams sugar, only four grams net carbs. You don't want to waste all that cardio you just did. You want to eat one of these before you go to the gym, after you go to the gym for breakfast, meal replacement. These things do that with all putting all that bad stuff that's going to undo all of the hard work that you're working for. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. If you're feeling good about the NBA playoffs, make these games even more interesting. Clippers are starting to come back. Do you believe in Paul George? Well then, you can make some money off of your sports knowledge over at betonline.ag. They also have the latest like news, odds, and any kind of info you want when it comes to basically any sport, MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch or the next tip-off, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the news, the sign-up bonuses, and fun contests that they have going on. One-offs to try and make a little bit more money and build your bankroll. You don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. It's the playoffs. Get into the game and make them more interesting. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on over at betonline.ag. Again, that is promo code locked on over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So we'll be talking more about the draft very soon, but we're also doing a big draft show over for the Locked On NBA. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring an analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts, including myself, will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And Odyssey is your home for all the sports podcast music and news that matter to you. Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So we've talked a lot about Damian Lillard and what a trade would look like for him. And look, he's trying to kind of force his way out there, I think. Like certainly, certainly is. But they're not going to move him this offseason. They're just not. There's no need to. He's under team control. You know, they're going to try and write it out before things get untenable. And I can't say they're wrong for at least trying to do that. But they're going to make some changes. And again, I've spoken to our Locked On Blazers host, Mike Richmond, a lot. And like, he's so good. And you need to be listening to their show right now, especially if you want more info on the Chauncey Billups hiring and the disaster kind of of a press conference that they had uh, the other day. But a guy that he said is like almost certainly gone is CJ McCollum. They need to just do something. They cannot run that Portland Trail Blazers team back and expect different results than what happened and nothing was good. Yes, they fired Terry Stotts. They brought in a new head coach. But as we are saying, it's roster, 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 roster. Coaching matters. Like coaching really does matter. I think these playoffs really show it. But you definitely need to have players to that can help you win. CJ McCollum just hasn't done it for them. You know, whether that's fair to him or not, it's the case. And he's going to be on the outside looking in. So would he make sense in New Orleans? 
And the answer is unequivocally yes. It's not the best because of his contract and his age. So those are the things I want to look at first. He's going to be 30 next season. He makes a lot of money over the next couple of years. He's going to be making $30 million, $31 million next year, 33 the year after that, and then almost $36 million in 2023-2024. It's going to kill a lot of the Pelicans' potential future flexibility and really push them more or less into the luxury tax. He's a guy that's probably worth about $25 million. And because of that, it sounds like teams around the league view him as a slightly negative asset. Because of that. Now, you still need to give up things for him. And if the Pelicans want to try and trade for him, look, you're including some bad salary, maybe in Steven Adams, who Portland doesn't really need. And Eric Bledsoe, who's just, I don't know, not good. Um, so if you're doing that, you're going to need to include some things in, in the trade form. But I don't think you need to include the 10th pick. And that's kind of the big thing here and why I don't hate the idea of a buy low on CJ McCollum. This is a guy who last year, despite some injuries, shot 40% from three. He's a career 39.8% shooter from three. It's been really good. I've seen some people mention his injury history to me. It's not that bad, to be perfectly honest. He basically played all of the games last year in in the shortened in bubble season. He was injured this year and missed a whole bunch of time. But before that, he played 70 games and 81 games, 80, 80. It's pretty good numbers overall. Like I, I don't see a huge ton of like injury history to be super duper scared about, even though he had injuries in college. Yes, and I'm aware of all of those and some of the stuff early on in his career. For the most part, he's been healthy recently and... The Pelicans need more shooting. They need a guy who's not afraid to pull up and shoot too, who can also be a spot-up shooter. And look, this is a guy who who last year in the past, let's see, since he's been a starter for the Portland Trailblazers, which is since the 2015-2016 season, so six years, has averaged 22 points per game, shooting 40% from three on medium volume, gets the line a somewhat bit, can move the rock and give you some rebounds. It's a useful guy to have, and it's an above-average player that you can slot in and be your third, potentially fourth guy, depending on what else you're doing with this team. I like it. It's a guy who can go and get you some buckets. He's been at times clutch, too. It's a buy-low option. You're paying him a bunch. I don't know if you'd be able to necessarily move on from him if it doesn't work out with him, if injuries catch up to him, so there's some risk there. But what if you got C.J. McCollum and then, say, Corey Kispert in this draft? Or, or one of the other guys that's more tailor-made to contribute right away to the team. Your starting lineup could look something like maybe or maybe not Lonzo Ball, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, you know, uh, Zion Williamson, and someone else there. I think that's pretty good. You have Kispert coming off the bench or starting for them at some point potentially too, depending on how you want to use Brandon Ingram. If he, if you put him at the four, though he's better at the three. All of that stuff, you 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 get some more depth to this team. You could probably give up the second round picks or something like that to really make a deal work. It's something that I think Portland would definitely think about and something that New Orleans should think about, though it does hamper you a little bit. It makes you really expensive, and that means you've got to get the other moves completely right. So there's definitely risk here. I'm going to have another guy that we'll talk about from another West Coast team, another shooter, 
You may have heard of him before. You may know who I'm talking about, Buddy Healed. That we'll talk about too that I also think could kind of fill that kind of role and would also be fairly cheap to go out and get. But since we've been talking about the players, I wanted to bring up CJ McCollum. At that price and age, are you comfortable with it? That's the question I have for you all as well. Do you say immediately, hell no to that? But what if you don't have to give up the 10th pick for CJ McCollum? Does it intrigue you a little bit more? All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening, for watching on YouTube too. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe on YouTube. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.